Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life, and we're talking today about intimacy mm-hmm. and, you know, physical intimacy. Right. <laughs> and in the past, on the podcast, we've used various metaphors or code words to talk about it. Yes. Today, let's just come right out and say, we're talking about sex. <laughs> No, no needing to say anything about making cookies or making a sandwich. For some reason, it's they were all food metaphors. <laughs> sex. And that's what it is. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. And the topic or the question on the table is how often should we have sex? Yeah. Uh, how many how many days a week is the right number of days per week for mm-hmm. a married couple? Yeah. How, how often? Uh, I remember someone asked me that question when I was engaged. And yeah. my answer, it, it might have been like for the year. Like right. how many how many times do you think you're going to have sex this year? Right. And I think my answer was over 365. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, you know, I was thinking, you know, yeah. this, this, that's what we do. That's when what we, get we do, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that's TMI just to begin here. <laughs> Mine was probably like half of every other day? I don't know. That first year, it's hard to say. Yeah. Well, let's first talk about some uh, biblical framework for how to think about sex in a marriage. And then I think that puts us in a position to get to a more realistic answer for the question of how often should we do this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so when it comes to building a proper framework, the way to do that is by looking to the Bible. The reality is the Bible says a lot about sex. Yep. God created sex, and then he commissioned the first married couple to have lots of sex. Right. To be fruitful and to multiply, to fill the earth. Yeah. So God created it in the Garden of Eden. It's good. There's, it mm-hmm. was introduced before there was any sin in the world. Uh, it didn't become a bad thing when sin entered the world. It's, it's a good thing created by God for good. Yes. Yeah. So we got to begin there. For sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, our culture and world has hijacked it to appear bad or to have a lot of permeations of badness from it, you know, outside of marriage or with other people that aren't your spouse. Or, I mean, the list goes on that we all can see just by living in this world that it's been taken. But the original plan, and that's what we always want to go back to, what God's design was good. It was a good design. It was a good thing. It was a worshipful thing. It was a positive thing. It's nothing that we necessarily even need to be afraid to talk about because it's one of the things God gave married couples and wants them to do. Yeah. And so we know from that Genesis passage, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, that sex is for procreation and God, this is God's design literally Mm -hmm. to fill the earth. Um, But sex is not limited to procreation. That, that's not the only reason for sex within right. marriage. Right. There's other passages in the Bible that suggest that sex is actually for pleasure, for enjoyment. What? Yeah. You're laughing at me. What? I'm laughing about one of our kids' comments recently. Oh. It just popped into my mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if yeah. I should share well, it. You should because <laughs> it's right on topic. Yeah. It, you know, if sex were merely for procreation. Yes. Then, to our kids' astonishment, <laughs> we would have had sex four times. Yes, and that's really what was the comment that just popped into my head. One of our kids recently, and you know, we've had this discussion. They're old. It's time, you know, we've we've had it a while back. Said so that means you've had 
it four times. We have four kids, mm-hmm. and we're, I'm like, yeah, just huge grin. They're yes. sitting. They're sitting there doing the math. Like, wait a second, there's four kids. Four that kids. that means four times. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the face was like, oof. Sorry, you had to do that yeah. four yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm gonna table that for later. Yeah. you'll understand in a little, in a few years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess we haven't had that piece of the discussion that says right. it's not simply for procreation. Yes. You know, but it's also for pleasure. It's also right. for enjoyment within right. marriage. And yeah. so you have several passages and an entire book of the Bible, Song of Solomon, yeah. devoted to this idea that sex is for enjoyment in a mm-hmm. marriage. So it's mm-hmm. not just functional. Right. Okay. Right. There, There's also an important um, uh, enjoyment piece to it. And there's a relational piece to it. It certainly draws husbands and wives closer together, which Definitely. goes back to that Genesis passage of being one flesh. Right. How are you one flesh? Well, you're physically intimate. That bonds you together yeah. in, uh, in, in a tight bond. Yeah. You're the only person that I engage in this act with. You're the only person that, you know, I'm with in this, in this way. So that creates a specialness in our relationship just by, the fact that we are having that intimate time together like I am with no other person on this planet. Yep. So those are some of the biblical principles from Genesis mm-hmm. and kind yeah. of the Old Testament. When we get to the New Testament, Jesus uh, affirms that passage in Genesis uh, in Matthew chapter 19. He says, haven't you heard that it was created this way from the beginning? Right. You know, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. The two should become one flesh. Mm -hmm. So he affirms and restates that Old Testament principle that we just referred to a few times. And now uh, later in the New Testament, you have a passage like 1 Corinthians 7. I love this passage. Do you? I really do. I'm glad that you love this passage. <laughs> How often do you read this passage and think about this it's passage? It's part of my weekly yeah, devotion. Good, good, good. <laughs> oh, good. No, I just mean I, I've studied it a few times, spoken on this text, mm-hmm. and it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think it um, it helps you to get rid of some of the excuses that you might have, and it helps you to redirect your thinking in the right way. And it's really clear language, which is helpful. You know, sometimes the Bible can be in a you know narrative form or poetry, even like Saul, Saul, Song of Solomon, you know, it's like more poetic kind mm-hmm. of where this is just this, propositional here truth. We go, yeah. Do not do this. Here's the plan. And it's yeah. like so clear to read it and to study it, to memorize it, to meditate to pray through it all of that it's really helpful if you know you need to have a better framework and a better way to think about your intimate life yep so good yeah very straightforward propositional truth here yeah and so i'll just read a couple okay sections of the beginning of first corinthians 7 because i think this is going to provide more specific framework for our question uh in terms of frequency okay so in verse well verse one paul basically addresses the concern that the Corinthians had that sex was a bad thing. Right. And he says, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And Mm -hmm. he goes on in verse two, uh, because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Uh, And then you have, starting in verse three, a very Mm countercultural way way of thinking about sex. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, 
but the wife does. And so there is a very different way of looking at sex yes. than the world does, the culture totally. around us, where it's about you, right? It's, it's in the, according to the culture, sex is about you getting what you want. Yeah. Feeling good. Yeah. Going after what you think you want and what you deserve, and, and that's what it's for. Yep. So go find someone that makes you happy in that way. Yep. But, but, but according yeah. to the Bible, it's not about you. No, which is shocking. In this passage, <laughs> sex is not for you. Right. It's not about you. It's not the first thing that you should consider yeah. when asking the question, how often should we have sex? That right. What you should consider is your spouse. So yep. the, the, the perspective here is on them. What do they want? Because uh, your body is not for you. It's for them. Yeah. And you should give to your spouse what they want. Right. So it completely turns the cultural perspective about sex on its head and says, it's not about you, it's about your spouse. So what can you do by way of loving them, by way of sacrificing for them, by way of giving a good thing to them um, in sex? So um, that's a really important thing to consider here in our discussion. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a great thing for me to study and look at because I think coming into marriage, if you're building your framework on intimacy based on kind of what you see around you, movies, shows, whatever, music, whatever, it's, uh, this is very much a slap in the face of what our culture says. And you're like, whoa, God actually is telling me now as the wife that I'm supposed to think of my husband, prefer them, strive to think about what they would want, how often they would want it, you know, it's like, it shifts my thinking to, okay, what do I get out of this? When do I want to do this? When is my time frame or when, you know, it's the I that we would so easily ask, what do I want to, what do they want? Mm -hmm. And that's a better question coming into this discussion because you're going to honor God more that way by thinking of them first. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's really key mm-hmm. in answering our question, mm-hmm. but the next verse is as well. Yeah. Okay. Verse five. <laughs> yep. Um, do not deprive one another in, in terms of sex, mm-hmm. except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Right. So the underlying principle here is that Husbands and wives are having sex regularly together, and that's the norm. Yes. What what yeah. is what is abnormal? Right. Is not having sex. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, do it. I, I like. I'm saying. I like the language. Do not deprive one another. And the only time you're supposed to, you know, is like, hey, let's pray about this. Almost like a fast from mm-hmm. that intimacy because we're really looking at this big decision, and we're going to instead spend that time praying and thinking through some big decision, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't probably happen very often those, those times, yeah. but they, that's the, the one time to stop. The yeah. one time to deprive one another is like, you've made the decision together. Yeah. So it's not even a personal choice. Right. It's not like I'm deciding to, yeah. you know what, Mark, I'm just taking a fast from right. this. I'm going to pray for a week yeah. instead. No, we would have to come together and say, Hey, yeah. let's take a break. So that's just so clear in saying, this is a just regular, this is just pattern of your lifestyle, pattern of your marriage. This is a thing that you do. This is not something that you just decide to, you know, I'm done with this for now or this month or, you know, whatever. Exactly. 
yeah, it's a mutual decision that we make together. Right. And the fact that he says it's for a limited time suggests <laughs> right. you, you determine a time frame up yes. front. Yes. So it's not like, hey, we're just going to fast until we feel like eating. Right. right? And then we're going to start eating. You know, or in this case, hey, we're going to just stop having sex until we feel like having sex again. No, right. no, it's a it's a kind of predetermined set yes. length of time, X amount of days. We're going to take a break so that we can repurpose that time. Right. OK, but then we're going to come back together again. And so the strong emphasis is that husbands and wives are regularly having sex with each other. Exactly. OK, yeah. So it doesn't, Paul doesn't give us a number of days nope. per week here. <laughs> Probably uh, a lot of know. people would like that because then it would become like a list thing, you know, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm checking it off. But no, no, not yeah. a list. So really clear, really propositional, but not inclusive of um, an exact day. Yes. But we have principles to make a good choice here. Right. And there's right. a lot of factors that complicate this, yeah. right? There's people getting sick, there's oh. pregnancy, there's, yes. you know... Uh, you know, various circumstances that make this a little bit of a tricky situation. Right. Yeah. Because love would say if, if I am wanting to be intimate that night, but I see that you're feeling sick, needing to go to bed early, wh whatever it might be, I'm not going to try to push to get, you know, hey, you're supposed to s sacrifice for me. Let's go. You know, I might say, well, I'm going to lay aside my preferences. That's what I would want to do and say, you know, yep. well, wait, because you're just, you're not feeling good. And I need to take care of you in a different way than just try to pursue something that I'm wanting. Yeah. And that gets at that principle of what's good for the person. What right. Did the, what did they want? Right. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so with that kind of qualification in place, okay. then I, I think we, the answer uh -huh. to our question is that it's not about you. So what? as, as I, <laughs> did you not hear everything I just said? Um, it's, it's not about you. So yeah. it's as often as your spouse wants it. Yeah. That's the answer to our Boom. question. Yeah. Um, as often as your spouse wants it. And that is going to be different for every couple and every season of totally. life for that couple. Um, but that's the right biblical answer, at least the general principle for the answer based on the text that we've looked at. Now, right. you know, we threw this, idea out there for a discussion within our Thrive groups, and yeah. we had eight, 18 different groups talking about this stuff um, to a degree, yeah. and one group that's been together for a long time and has this good kind of open uh, relationship <laughs> yeah. and, you Deep know. Deep friendships, yeah. yeah. Um, right. They they actually did this kind of like... Um, they, they passed out a piece of paper. Yeah, you know, so like a blind, anonymous. Yeah, yeah. blind anonymous Write the number. survey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> number of times per week. Number of times per week. And out of yeah. the 16 or or so you know. people, um, they averaged out the answers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the number that they came up with. Yes, here it is. Uh, perhaps this should just be, <laughs> you know, normative for all of us moving forward. The number they came up with was 3.7 times per week. 3.7, wow. We're not exactly sure what the 0. 0.7 means. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they came up with. Now, um, that's that's a lot. Yeah, totally. That's a high number. Mm, that is a high number. It's basically every <laughs> other day. Every other day. Every other day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the data could have been skewed by, you know, right. a lot of people putting seven down or, you know, maybe a higher number people put right. that down and maybe the data is skewed. But is it really skewed? If I, people yeah. put that down or... No, that's what they really are thinking. Right. Yeah, there was a one. I know there was... I talked to them. There was a one once a week. There was a few sevens. But they said most people had three. 
Three was a was a common number, but yeah. then you had those high ends, you know, the high seven or the low end, the ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, um, and that's just kind of like the number that this group yeah, right. came to in, in terms of an average. But um, the answer ultimately is dependent on you and your relationship with your spouse, right? And the particular needs and, and desires within that relationship. But that is a good kind of like framework just to think about this um, every couple of days yeah. is a good right uh, general working principle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that that's where a good conversation, you know, maybe you had these conversations in premarital or maybe it was easier to communicate your needs at the beginning of your marriage or it was just more natural. But now as time's gone on, Maybe different patterns have settled in. It could be good to just have that conversation again about, hey, what what would you say the number might be? Yeah. Or, you know, on a given week. Um, how are things going for us? Is it, you know, is it enough? Uh, am I making sure I'm ser- you know, serving you in that way? Uh, wh- you know, I just open up the line of communication because we have to remember it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Sex within marriage is a good thing, a gift from God, a way to worship God and please him when it's mm-hmm. done in the right context. And so having a conversation about it, an open, you know, kind of conversation, even circling back to it now and again to, to discuss these things as part of working on your marriage, growing your marriage, that's a good thing. That's right. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's some good principles there to think about and to apply. Yes. <laughs> Yes, go make some cookies or make a sandwich. Lots of application (laughs) for these principles here. Yep. Well, thanks so much for listening in, and we'll talk to you later. All right. See you.